0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville Audio Podcast. But today we're continuing our series, Really Rich, and talking about, you know, using our money in the right way and that we are having the perspective that we are blessed uh, because last week we talked about how we had some good news and some bad news, right? We talked about two different things that we had going for us, but the main takeaway was that we hope and we trust in God. We don't hope or trust in our money or the stock market or our phone that tells us how good or bad the market's doing. We trust in the Lord. And so today we're, we're continuing that, and part two today is going to be great. Pastor Rick Warren said this, you weren't created just to consume resources, to eat, to breathe, and take up space. God designed us to make a difference with your life. What matters is not the duration Of one's life, but the donation. What what matters not is how long you live, but how much of an impact you make, if you will. In fact, when I was a a youth pastor in Tennessee, one of our our uh, our teenagers actually tragically died uh, in a car accident. He was 16 years old, but out of that, he had 500 people show up to his funeral, and out of that 500, 200 of them got saved. And it was incredible to see because most of them were friends at high school that he played basketball and football with. But he had made such an impact with his life and his relationship with Jesus that there were a lot of people who came to know Jesus because he had a huge impact. And he didn't have money, right? But he had a life full of impact and full of donation. And so obviously we should celebrate the blessings that God gives us, but there's also a why and a how behind that. We've got to know the why because it can rob us of the things that really matter. Money is a great tool, amen? It's a great thing to have. We need it to survive. But it also can rob us of some things that God has for us in our lives. You know, Jesus actually talked about money a lot. And, and in Matthew chapter 6, He says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where they don't destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then in the, the 21st verse it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You can go to look at the budget of any church and tell where their heart and their priorities at by where they spend their money. If their money is spent in missions or evangelism or just on staff and resources. It's completely eye-opening to see because the effectiveness of a church really is dependent on where the money goes. And I would say for our own life, the same thing can be said. We can watch where we put our money and where we put our time and resources and we can see a huge deal about our life. By now, you probably know this week that, that Dr. Uh, Reverend Billy Graham passed away. It's really sad, but it's also a joyous time because he lived a full life, didn't he? 99 years old. You know, I was watching footage of the funeral procession through Black Mountain, and a couple of my friends were there on Facebook and things like that, and uh, it was just awesome uh, to see how he impacted a whole, maybe even two or three generations for the cause of the gospel. You know, there's some statistics that he reached 215 million people across 185 countries. Now I don't know about you, but that sounds like more than anybody ever has lived in human history of impacting people for the gospel of Christ. And I like this quote that, I, that I'll use from his life. He said this, I will go anywhere sponsored by anybody if I have the chance to preach the gospel without any strings attached to my message. He would go anywhere in the world and talk to presidents and leaders. You know the story. But there was no strings attached to his message. Why? Because he knew the investment... The legacy that he was leaving behind would change people's lives for eternity. There was even people this week talking about how much his life meant to them. When I leave this earth, I hope there are some people that can say that about me and about you and about my family. What an awesome legacy to leave behind. And talking about really rich, he was really rich. Man, when he got to heaven this week, I'm sure there was a huge celebration, lots of rewards, because his rewards were stored up for him in heaven. He lived a simple life here. But he was such a good uh, evangelist for the kingdom of Christ. Turn in your Bibles today Luke chapter 12, or either you can look at it on the screen. This is our text this morning, and we're going to jump right in today. Luke chapter 12 says this, And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take like easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. You see, the greatest deception of of riches and money and wealth is that we put our trust in the temporary rather than putting our trust and hope and focus on the eternal and trusting the God who gives us that life. How awesome it is to be blessed where we are. God wants us to be rich towards God. Is anybody else hot in here or is it just me? A little warm? Somebody said fine? It is hot, so maybe John will get that for me. Thanks, John. But today we want to look at how we want to be rich towards God, and the first thing we want to talk about this morning is this. God wants you and me to be rich in what? In good deeds. Everybody say good deeds? We'll talk about what a good deed is in a moment. But 1 Timothy says this command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain. How many of you know wealth is uncertain? Sometimes you can put your money into stock, and guess what? You'll make plenty of money, and the next day it's all gone, right? Or sometimes you might not even have to put it in a stock for it to be there today and gone tomorrow, right? There's people all the time trying to get us our money, but it's so uncertain. But then it says in the next part of the verse, put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. see, we talked about last week putting our hope in God, not in the market, not in finance and things like that, and we're continuing that. But the cool thing is this, If we don't trust and hope in our money, we have to do good deeds to extend that to others. Because our money can't save us. It can't redeem us. Jesus has already paid the price for us. And so He's put us here, like the quote said at the beginning, not to just take up space, but to make an impact. If we go through this life and we blend in and we never change anyone's life, what was the point? I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, man, I could have done more. No, I want to do more now. If God is still have you breathing and living on the earth, Craig Rochelle says it like this, if you're not dead, you're not done. Right? So don't give up, don't quit because we're not saved by our good deeds even though we're called to do those good deeds. Because we know the Bible says it is by what? Grace you have been saved. And then it says through faith, not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So we didn't deserve anything to do to get God's grace. Neither did our neighbor who might have blown their leaves in our yard or someone on the highway who might have cut us off and maybe it was that millennial on their phone texting while driving that almost crashed you off the road. They didn't deserve your grace or your forgiveness either, right? But we are called to extend that to them and to do those good deeds. So we know what is a good deed. Let's talk about that briefly. A good deed is this. It's an act of kindness and generosity that, number one, points people to God. It points people to God, not to me. It reveals the love of God, right? A good deed is something that points to God, not me. It reveals the love of God. And then third, a good deed meets others at their point of need. How many know that Jesus, before He even dealt with people's spiritual issues, He took care of their physical need? Oftentimes that might have come by healing or, or something like that. But Jesus always met with their physical need first, and then He talked about their spiritual condition. And in our own life, it's much easier if we do it that way and follow the model of Jesus than if we try to say something like that uh, first. But Jesus has called us to do good deeds. And remember the good deeds point to God and it shows them the love of God and it really turns their, their focus not to themselves and not to what you're trying to say, but your kindness and your love to them. So number two today is this. Not only does God want you to be rich in good deeds, God wants you to be rich in generosity. And you know that being generous is sometimes hard to do. Sometimes it's very easy to do when you like the person and when you know there's a genuine need, Right? It's hard to do when you know there's somebody who's undeserving and maybe they might spend it the wrong way or not spend it how I'd like it or not use it for the, the same thing I would like to use it for. Man, that's hard stuff, right? But God has called us to be generous. Some of the most memorable people in my life were people that were generous to me. And not necessarily as giving me money, but maybe given of their time and resources. Maybe it was an older gentleman in our church who took me uh, when I was probably 10 or 12 years old, out to eat after church on Sunday night. And none of my other family would go. He'd just take me. And we'd go down to what they call the dairy freeze in, in, in Dunn and have fried mozzarella sticks and he'd get ice cream. And that's what we did. But he invested and he was generous uh, to me in that way. There's others. I could share stories and I'm sure you have as well. But those people the people that spend time with you and invest in your life, those are the people that make a true impact. And that's what God has called us to. Second Corinthians 9 says this, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How many know that you're always a dollar short when somebody needs some help? You're always out of time when somebody needs your help. You can't stop because you're on the way to somewhere you're busy. I've learned over the years that ministry is never convenient. It comes always at the time where you don't have any money and you don't have any time when people really need you. And that's the point where God calls you to dig in and help and be generous. And for my life, when I submit to that, it points people to God just like the verse said. It results in thanksgiving to Him. Most of the time, the conversation, even if it's with someone who who might not know the Lord, well, God bless you. I'm so thankful that you were here today to help me in my need. I'm so thankful that I'm here running out of gas and you were here to help or something like that. So it points people to Jesus. You know, I had someone this week who even volunteered to help me with something. They really don't have the time. And I'll be honest with you, they're real high up in the organization that they're in. Man, they, they're not the person that I would ask first if I had a choice. I didn't have a choice. And so I just put the blanket out there and they said, you know what? Sure, I'll move something so I can help you. And to me, that shows generosity that they were willing to put their schedule, their family, their agenda on hold and help little old me. I'm not that important, right? So it's awesome that people show generosity because it points us to God. It points thanksgiving to God. So we have been blessed not just so we can have more and hold on to things, but that we can bless more and give more and be generous. In fact, Proverbs 11 in the Message Translation says it like this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Did you catch that? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And if we can model that in our own lives people would be forever changed. Statesful would know that Grace Covenant is a generous church. A generous group of people who serves out of a, a willingness to be generous after God's own heart. Because money and material possessions are just tools, right? Just like we said earlier. It's not something that's all in and of itself amazing. In fact, Jesus even said that the root of all evil is what? Money. If it's used incorrectly. And so we have to be... Blessed in that. In fact, the most famous quote that everybody uses is from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when He said it's more blessed to give than receive. And you can think about that in your own life, but at Christmas time especially, it's much more beneficial when I give to someone than I receive a gift. In any time of the year, it's much more beneficial when I donate something than when I charge for something. Follow me. Point number three, God wants you to be rich in relationships. So we're talking about last week, money, how to honor God with our money. And this week is more about honoring God with your, yourself, your life, and what He's given you, right? So money plays a part in all these things. Sometimes you can do good deeds with money, but you don't have to have money to do it, right? You can give generously with money. But you don't have to. You can use time and resources and abilities, talents. Look, I can't build anything. Some of you might be able to. I can't build anything. Maybe I could go pray. Maybe I could go sing or laugh. But I, you wouldn't want me to give generously in building. That would be bad. Or fixing your car. That might be a terrible thing. You might hear a knocking. But the important thing today is this. The last point is this. God wants you to be rich in Relationships. John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. In verse 35, the key point there says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How different our world would look if we loved one another. How different our community, our church, our families would look if we loved one another like Jesus modeled. Man, it's easier to say than it is to do, right? But the point here is God wants us to be rich in relationships because that is huge for the Gospel. The more relationships you have, the more people will call on you when there's a need. In fact, there was a quote this week that I read, and I don't know who it's from, but it says, if people aren't coming to you with their problems, then you've failed as a leader. Oftentimes we try to avoid people coming with problems because it makes our job more difficult and our life more difficult. But the quote said, if people are not coming to you with problems, then that means you're not being effective in relationships. And that's exactly what it is here for the Gospel. It's huge for statesful. Statesful people like to have relationships. They like to have friendships. They like to have people that will go eat with them or... Go to coffee or go to a ball game or whatever it may be. Maybe it be bowling or movies. They want a relationship. And I would even go further than that. People in the world may not tell you, may not admit to it, but they want relationships too. People crave and long for acceptance. And when you give them a genuine relationship that is founded in Christ Jesus, man, their life would change. The world would change. Because our value as a church, our value isn't going to come from how big of a building or nice a building we have, how many programs we have, or what programs we don't have. It's going to come from how much we love people and how much we show love one to another. That's the biblical truth. As Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples for your love for one another. Not the size of your church or the income or, or anything like that. First and foremost, love for one another. So God wants us to be Rich in relationship. Rich in relationship. You know, I also, <clears throat> this week, or two weeks ago at Bible study, we were talking about something. The power of the cross doesn't end at the cross. It ends after the grave. We talk about a lot about the power of the cross, and surely it's powerful. But what about the power after that? The power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that lives also inside of you, Romans eight eleven. These people that want relationships want people that are genuine and that have the power of Jesus Christ in their life to show them the way that they should go gently along the way. But it starts with a relationship. And I ask Kristen to come at this time because we're going to wrap this up. And I know it's not a very long message today, but it's a very important message for us to grasp. That God wants us to be rich in good deeds. He wants us to do things that are good for people, that are nice for people. Why? Because it points people back to Jesus. It points thanksgiving, the Bible says, to God. He wants us to be rich in generosity. You know, I've often heard it said about my grandfather, he would give the shirt off his back, right? Or you might have heard that about somebody in your life. He's been known to stop on the highway and help people just out of the blue. I wouldn't be much help, so I can't stop, right? If their cars broke down, I'm better off to call somebody for you or offer you a bottle of water or something. My grandpa can fix anything, so he'll stop and help them get on the road and keep going, even now. He's in his late 80s, and he'll still stop and help people. What do people know you for? Are you rich in good deeds? Are you rich in generosity? Are you rich in relationships? Are you reaching people for Jesus? Focusing on Billy Graham this week. Are you reaching with the power of the cross that people so desperately need? The power of salvation. The power of grace, and mercy. Because people are going to know us, like we just said, by our love, not because of our money, not because of our possessions or our wealth. Billy Graham's not remembered for his money or his wealth or his books even. Most of all, most people who traveled with him mentioned his humility and his genuine authenticity. How he was the same in the pulpit and out of the pulpit. The same at home, and the same on the road. The moral and ethical boundaries he put around himself. You know, there's people who try to say things, but if you give them no room, they can't say much at all. He's one of those fellas. Because value in life is not found in what you have or what you gather, but it's discovered in the relationships, in the love, in the generosity that you share. See, God has blessed me with more than I need. I don't need what I have. I have more than I need, more than enough, more than, like we said last week, 80 or 90% of the world we have. We're blessed. But I'm not going to trust in my riches. I'm not going to trust trust in what I do have. Because it all can be taken away tomorrow. It all can be gone. And what would I be left with? Relationships. Generosity. Good deeds. So in our own life, in our community. I have more, because I have more, I will do more, because I do more, I will give more, because why? It points people to Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me today? This morning we've had an awesome time of worship. We've had an awesome time. a deep breath of the Spirit. And I think this message is more applicable than just because Billy Graham passed away this week even though that ties in really well. But I want you to just think about your own life right now. Whatever stage of life you're in whether you may be a student or you may be a grandparent either way think about that stage of life that you're in right now how God can use you more. How God can use you more in deeds, in good things to people, acts of kindness that point to God. How God can use you more in generosity. Maybe it might not be money and time, resources, things like that. And then how God can work through you through relationships, even where you are. Some of the best conversations I've ever had have been waitresses and waiters at at restaurants. Because they need love because they don't get it on Sunday they don't get that acceptance and that relationship week after week but it's so funny that people remember you for how you treated them and how you loved them rather than how much money you gave them or what you did for them so I think more important than all these things is how are you loving people right where you're at today let's pray together Father Thank You for this wonderful Word. God, the Word that's sharper than two-edged sword, it it divides between the flesh and the Spirit. God, it's useful, Your your Word says, to teach and instruct all Scripture. So today we ask that You would teach us. We invite You, Holy Spirit, to instruct us. To show us things in our life, Lord, that may need to be changed. That may need to be brought under the power of of the cross and of the grave. Because, God, you give us that power, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives also inside of you. So, God, help us to go out and share that good news, to share that power, that realness with the world, with Statesman, with Troutman, with Mooresman, with Cornelius, wherever we are. Use me. Use us. Use Grace Covenant Statesville to impact this city, to impact this community and this state and the world for your gospel going forward. We pray all these things today in Jesus' name. And Everybody said together, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, Visit us at gracecovenant.org.